Hello, club members. I'm Kate. And I'm Emma. And if you hear any noises in the background, don't worry. It's just our mother, who we've held hostage in the living room, making her watch <laughs> uh, The Haunting of Hill House. We're making her watch this show. <laughs> you know, at first we made her watch it, um, but now she's doing it of her own accord. Almost in a Stockholm Syndrome kind of way. Yes, truly. She almost you know, enjoys it. You know, Dad texted me after I told him that I had her watch it, because our dad watched it and really liked it, and now he's on Bly Manor. And he was like, don't let mom or don't let your mother watch it alone by herself. It can Aww. get really dark if you watch too many episodes. Oh, because he watched it by himself. Yeah. I bet it's a very different show watching it um, having children. Exactly. Versus being the children. Yes. Come on. Mom is being so critical. Oh, my God. She keeps calling the mom that bitch demon mother. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, that bitch demon mother. Is she going to hurt the children? Is she going to hurt the children? Like, okay, fine. It's that bitch house. It's that bitch house. <laughs> Kate, what did she say about what they should have done whenever they had the thunderstorm? Oh, my gosh. Right now she's watching. Uh, she just finished up the two storms episode. So to be clear, this is my third time marathoning this show. It is my second time this season, this fall. Yeah. And uh, enjoying every minute of it. But mom was watching the Two Storms episode. And she's, and mostly it's mom watching it and Emma and I just like watching mom watch it. Yes, pretty and, much. And she's, <laughs> it's the scene where the chandelier falls during the storm. And the mom says, okay, you guys stay down here and we're going to go look upstairs and handle the broken window. And mom just goes, yes, everyone get on the rug uh, and then put a circle of salt around you. <laughs> She is going from zero to 100. She is talking straight at the TV the whole time. It is, yeah, is. delightful to watch. And I'm it just really so excited for her to catch up. She's she she's actually on, she just started episode seven, which we're going to be covering today. Yeah, right before I came in here, I was, because uh, full disclosure, Kate and I are in the same house in different rooms <laughs> now. Um, I was, I was like, I leaned over to mom who we had actually aggressively tucked in so she could, would, so she would stop going, getting up and cleaning around the house and we're like, focus. So we like tucked her in real tight with a blanket. Um, and I was like, mom, it's okay. If like you need a break, I don't want to make you watch it. She's like, no, I want to watch. <gasps> That's so she, good. Okay. She is in all the way. And that brings us to this week's episode. So this episode or this club meeting, we're going to be covering episodes seven through 10. So the last stretch of the Hill House series. So, so excited. We're going to hit each episode one by one. And then at the end, I have a little special surprise. I'm going to be doing a little, a mini award ceremony for the show. Ooh. I have six- Do I get to vote? No. Oh, okay. So no. <laughs> I guess I'm not part of the, you know, award committee, but okay. No, you didn't make the cut. It's just me. I get to decide. I love it. <laughs> but I have six awards I will be giving out for the show. But then we, as a group, will get to rate the show and then rank it on the scoreboard. Which is going to be quite a doozy. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So are you ready? Oh, wait, before we start the show, I do have some club bulletins I wanted to pull out. Yes, I love our club bulletins. Time for club bulletins. I don't oh, have is a... That, is, that our, is this Club Bulletin's Corner? That's It's Club Bulletin's Corner. We'll work on a theme <laughs> song later. 
Yes, but, I, I, let's lean into our club vibe. club vibes. Okay, what, what what's on the agenda, Kate? Okay, so first on the club bulletin is welcoming new club members. If it's your first time here, welcome. By listening to this episode, you are automatically a club member, and we are just so excited to have you here. If you, this is your second or third or 80th meeting, I don't think we have that many episodes, but actually, I think we do. Uh, we're getting there. I think we're we not there already. Well, thank you so much for sticking around and um, growing the club. We appreciate you so, so much, and we love you dearly. And I do want want to give a shout out because we have new club officers. We have four. Oh. We have four club yes, officers. Yes, we, we have had um, quite a number of new um, committee members added over the month of September. So we're really excited about that. Very excited. Uh, if you guys are a part of the club, that's awesome. There are no dues for this club, but if you really like paying dues and want to support the club, you can join our Patreon group and there's different officer rankings for different level of support. And we have four today. So we have three club secretaries. Very exciting. We have Sal from Birmingham, Alabama, Jessica, Jessica from Nashville. Oh yeah. That Emma's from Birmingham. So yeah, it's a friend, an old friend. Oh, cool. And then Jessica from Nashville. And then Pete, who is a respiratory therapist from New York, which is extremely cool. I wish I could just sit down and talk to Pete about medical things. I know. I know he is going through it right now, as am I and as are you. Pete is going through it. Pete's wife is going through it. His wife's a nurse. Oh, my goodness. What a uh, dynamic duo. I know. Seriously, what a power couple. And just as an extra shout out for Pete, get your vaccine, guys. Uh, go get yes. it. 95% of the people in my hospital in the ICU are unvaccinated. Yeah. Get your vaccine. It comes with a free microchip. I heard it can make you magnetic. I think that's the newest thing. So, Which is, I mean, pretty cool. That's pretty dope. Like, so, <laughs> and, the, and it's free. So you, sh- you should definitely go get your vaccine. Please do that. That means do that. you don't have to go through um, that, uh, you know, the security scanner at the airport because... Because you've you been have a magnet in me yeah. now, so, you know, you just get to bypass that. <laughs> you really like, actually, cool. my blood is magnetic. You understand. <laughs> also, I am you should go get your, it's about that time to go get your flu vaccine. Oh my God. Yes. I always, I'm terrible yeah, at I, getting well, my flu I, vaccine. I think you can get one for, you can um, gain $5 at, if you go pick one up from Target. Oh, really? They give you like a $5 gift card or something. See, that's how you do it. Yeah, that's how so you do, do that. It. That's in, that's incentive right there. You know, I'm Emma. Emma's a a human doctor. I'm an animal doctor, and I I think about this all the time because I'm terrible about getting my flu vaccine. I I don't like needles. Um, I'm fine with them in other people and in animals. I don't like them in me. But every time I give a vaccine to like a puppy or a kitten, I'm always like feeding them treats and telling them that they're beautiful, and they <laughs> and they do great. And I, I tell I tell everyone if. If every time I went to go get a vaccine or get my blood drawn, they were feeding me pizza and petting my hair and telling me what a pretty girl I was, like I would be way better at getting my vaccine. <laughs> this is what's missing. This is I'm I'm just spitballing here. I think we have some ways that we can improve. That's all I'm yeah, saying. We offer the code vaccine to anyone that comes in the hospital, no matter what you come in for. We're like, hey, oh, are, are you vaccinated? Would you like to be? Would you like to be? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and we have one more club officer. We have a vice president, a new vice president, uh, Tib. Welcome, Tib. An old vice president to us, but a new one to y'all. That's our dad. (laughs) (laughs) 
So our dad is now in the inner circle and that's great because up until this week, I don't think he listened to the podcast. So yeah, it's really did he, but like, I think he had kind of fallen out just because he was busy with life stuff and he just did a long car ride. And so I think he really delved, delved deep, but it was really cute because he texted or he like sent us a message on on Patreon because I saw, oh, we have a new, we have a new Patreon. And then I looked at it was Tib and I, I know dad uses like Tiburon and stuff like that for all of his, um, all of his video games and stuff. So Tip I is his online him. alias. Yes. Yes. And then um, he was like, it was so cute. He left, left us a comment that was like, I really think the content is good and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I love your coverage. And I'm like, oh, it's like someone giving us like feedback, but also our dad. <laughs> but also it's our dad. <laughs> so it's double reassuring. So cute. And he's watching Hill House right now. Actually, he just finished it and he's moved on to Bly Manor. And I honestly to- wish we we had been able to get him on here for a Hill House or Bly Manor because like he has opinions. Oh and my, he's got. I just didn't know opinions. he's gonna watch it. I didn't either. Well, like I didn't know he'd like it, but we're definitely gonna have to get him back on this show or back on it. We'll have to get him on the show. He's got. Yeah. He's very opinionated, like me. And um, mom's yeah, coming on the show soon. Too. He can add a lot of context from watching horror movies for a very long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I think he was watching it in part. Um, and I think my boyfriend may do this too, um, in anticipation of Halloween Horror Nights and them having a Hill House yes. haunted house. I cannot explain how event. happy I am, how excited I am about the Hill House haunted maze. I want to see the bowler man, uh, the if, bowler hat man. They're holding their cards close, but like they've got to have the the tall man, right? I'm sure they will. And I wonder if he'll be above the floor. <laughs> like they, if he'll they, be levitating. They've got budget, man. Yeah. They Last do. time I was there, they had someone fly over my head on wires. I would really encourage anyone who's not gone to go at some point in your life. Just see, just experience it. You see if you like it. It's just a very unique, very well-produced experience. And we are not sponsored, but we should be. <laughs> God, we really should be. We talk about them nonstop. Also, don't go unless you're vaccinated because we're not trying to host a super spreader event in Orlando. Yeah, don't even get me started. Football season has started back. And I, I can't. have a lot of opinions. We're not getting into that. I can't do feels. it. This is a happy yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, this is our happy place. <laughs> this is our happy place. Um, oh, but before we get too happy, we do have a new review. Um, that It's a good, a good review. One? No, it's, okay. so it, it, it's just mixed. And it's something that I think that I've been holding off on talking about with the club for a long time for a bunch of different reasons. But I think it's time that I just go ahead and just spill it and tell you guys everything. So we have a new review from Second Hooked. Five-star review. Thank you so much, Second Hook. And the review uh, specifically asks like, hey, is Chris okay? Like what happened? He just kind of dropped off the face of the podcast. Um, it, wh- where is he? Is it's he all right? Question. It is a fair question. So Chris, used, if, you're, if you're new to the show, Chris used to be uh, the co-host with me. He was my best friend. Um, he was supposed to be in my wedding. He, uh, we had a falling out. And uh, I kind of lied to you guys about what happened, and I'm really, really sorry, sorry about that. And it's extremely sweet. It how was many, a tender subject. Yeah, it still is. And it w- it's just extremely sweet how many people want to make sure that Chris is okay. Uh, if you listen to Horror Movie Talks After Pod, um, after the 10 Cloverfield Lane episode, you've already heard my emotional meltdown when David and Bryce asked me this very question. <laughs> they kind of sprung it on me. They, they didn't mean anything by it. They were so, they're so sweet. But they asked me, and I had just been thinking, dealing with Chris and thinking about Chris, and I just like had a full meltdown and just spilled the beans. So um, I have historically responded by saying Chris needed to devote more time to his residency program. That's not true. 
Chris and I were best friends for many, many years. Despite going to school on opposite ends of the country, we FaceTime literally every day. He was supposed to be a bridesman in my wedding, and we got into a really big fight. It doesn't really matter what about. I barely remember what it was about specifically, but I tried to make things work, and he completely cut me out of my life. And I've tried an embarrassing amount of times to make amends because I love him so much, and I miss him every day, and it's literally just like he's dead. Like he's just gone. I didn't get to say goodbye. I can't ever speak to him again. And it's and it hurts. It hurts a lot. So yeah, I hope he's okay too. Um, but I can I can promise you that you're never going to hear from him again. I've thought about posting something about this on social media, but it's just really painful. And I feel like I keep feeling like I've moved on from this horrible experience, only to have it brought up. Yeah. Again and again, even in this with the sweetest intentions, like they are here. So thank you so much for checking in. I would love so much if this never gets brought up again ever in my whole life. And I just want to give a huge public thank you to our club president, Emma, who stepped in voluntarily knowing that she had big shoes to fill and knowing how hurt I was by the whole situation because I was a mess and ultimately saying the show must go on and single-handedly rescuing this podcast. I would have never released another episode if it wasn't for Emma, and I truly mean it when I say this club is infinitely stronger, the strongest it ever has been with her in it. So That's going to make me emotional, Kate. Well, I need I you saved this show. Like we wouldn't have a club. We yeah. would not have a club if we didn't have Emma. So again, thank you so much everyone for your concern for Chris and for me. Um I hope he's okay too, wherever he is and whatever he's doing. And I love him very, very much. But uh, this is me and Emma's show now, and I'm I'm happy it is. Okay, I think that like I think it's wonderful that you're able to kind of because like this is something we've been dodging for a while, just out of respect to your emotions and giving space to like a tender situation. So I think it's good that you just have it out in the air, um, and we can just be honest about it. And like just speaking from my perspective. I always enjoyed listening to the show. Like I, I have, as y'all know very well by now, I um, am, do not go watch a um, random horror movie of my own accord. (laughs) Not unless she's forced. But I like, I am very into pop culture and I was very curious about a lot of movies that I had not seen, um, like Midsommar or like, I don't know, The Strangers or just things I had heard about and I wanted to know what they were about. And then when I started listening, I obviously, I, love and enjoy Kate's company that's you know in her like mm. um humor otherwise like I wouldn't be hanging out with her and doing a podcast with her um and then I enjoyed like listening to uh, she and Chris talk about it and so then I just kind of kept listening to it and then whenever there was the the drop in um in episodes and they just stopped coming out like I wanted to get, we gave I w- we were just kind of waiting to see how it was gonna go and then it didn't go and then I was like well kind of selfishly like well I want to like I want some more episodes like where are the episodes (laughs) (laughs) so I I need more content and if you're not gonna make it then I will yeah pretty much so then I guess um or guest I guess guest hosted on one just to kind of keep it keep the momentum up and on Bly Manor is what you did Bly Manor actually Yeah. yeah very full circle and then here we are now it's been like a year and it's way we're doing way better than we ever have Thank you guys for sticking around and for um, letting me just like dodge your questions <laughs> for a year. I, di- I didn't want to be rude to Chris and I didn't want to seem like I was dragging Chris or anything like that. And I wanted to give him space, but um, I-, I feel better. I feel a lot better getting this off my chest. So thank you guys so much for your understanding. And let's just put this bed and never talk about it again. That sounds great. Sounds great. Let's now, talk about something else that's sad, but 
other people's sadness. Let's so it's talk okay. about other people's ghosts. <laughs> How about Hill House, maybe? Hmm, I'm, hmm. I'm down. Okay. Let me do just an overarching synopsis. This is a whole overarching synopsis for the entire series, just in a couple of sentences, if you haven't seen or if you just need to catch up. So, in the summer of 1992, Hugh and Olivia Crane and their five children, in order, Stephen, Shirley, Theo, Luke, and Nell, move into Hill House to renovate the mansion in order to sell it and build their own house, designed by Olivia, the mom. However, due to unexpected repairs, they have to stay longer, and they begin experiencing increasing paranormal phenomena, resulting in a tragic loss, and the family flees from the house. Now, 26 years later, the Crane siblings and their estranged father reunite after another tragedy strikes them again, and they are forced to confront how their time in Hill House has affected each of them. Also ghosts. That's about right. Also ghosts. Also ghosts. (laughs) Also, it's haunted. Don't bother Luke. Don't bother Luke. I love that meme you posted. That was great. Um, It's great because it's like such a good episode of The Office that don't (laughs) don't bother Luke. (laughs) Don't don't bother Luke. Quick spoiler warning, uh, this is as far into the show that you will get without us spoiling anything. The rest of this show, we are going to be talking about every th- single episode of Hill House. Episodes yeah, 1 through is, 10. This is the episode where we cover it all. We're no, no holds barred anymore. We got all the information. We're letting it loose. So, uh, is shall we proceed? Yep. Let's, I think we did our due diligence and it's time to proceed. I think it's time to proceed. All right. Episode 7. The eulogy, the one that mom is watching in the living room right next to us right now. So you might hear a little bit of it because this is an open, open concept apartment. Or if mom making a snack because (laughs) we were hearing that when we first pulled up our microphones. I'm hearing her boiling tea. So episode seven, this is the eulogy. Hearing her gasp. Oh yes, (gasps) mom's a big gasper for this. She's not going to do that, is she? I can't wait for them to meet her on the mini episode and like understand what we're talking about because she is a gasper she's just dramatic as hell yeah she is very passionate very dramatic very loving very loving so but more about this episode yes so this episode was directed by mike flanagan it was written by sharice castro smith i'm going to do a quick synopsis of the episode a quick summary and then i'm going to do kind of very very a couple of main points i want to talk about hit my my usual, if you've been following the Hill House series, my episode genre, best moment, scariest moment, get Emma's the, Emma's best moment, scariest moment, and then we're going to move yeah. on because we got four episodes covered today, baby. Yeah. All right. And here we go. Episode seven, eulogy. It is revealed that Hugh often talks to Olivia like she is still there. He's able to make amends with Theo, who says she should have reached out to him. During the funeral, he tries to reconnect with the rest of his children. In the past... Because this is, again, like all the episodes, flitting back and forth between present day and the 90s. In the past, Hugh assesses the house for storm damage. Mr. Dudley assists, we're going to talk about Mr. Dudley, revealing some history of the house's previous occupants. Mr. Dudley suggests that the erratic Olivia needs to spend some time away from the house, revealing why he and Mrs. Dudley never come to the house at night. Hugh and Olivia agree she needs to spend some time away when her behavior becomes more disturbing. Screwdriver. (laughs) Hugh inadvertently uncovers the body of William Hill, the original owner, who had bricked himself up inside the house's walls and who he had been hearing scratching out the wall in the basement, thinking it was rats. He bricked bricked himself up? Yes. Yes, he did. I don't think I remembered that, like that detail. Oh, then, damn. Then we'll talk about William Hill. And then Olivia's ghost attacks Luke 
at the funeral site, and then Hugh attacks Hugh and Theo, and then at the end, Luke goes missing after the funeral, after he has stolen Shirley's wallet in Theo's car. Mm. Let's talk about Mr. Dudley. Let's do it. I His voice is so distinct to me. What a, Do I, we know him I, from something? I don't know At him from anything. At first, I thought he was from, was from Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, I thought he was one of the uncles on Mrs. Doubtfire. Turns out he's not. But but he's very distinct. Oh, are you like his Harvey um, Weinstein? No, not Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I no, Harvey Firestein. Jesus is that Christ. Who it is? Yeah, you're thinking of Harvey Firestein. But you look like He talks mom. like this. <laughs> he talks you look like mom. <laughs> I sound like a monster. He doesn't sound you like do, that. He doesn't sound like that at all. But Mr. Dudley, um, he stole the show, in my opinion. He stole the show. The single frame shot monologue starting with Hugh being a bit of a dick. <laughs> that was, yep. ex- that was such a good scene whenever, cause Hugh was like at his limit in this episode. Like this is kind of Hugh's episode. This is Hugh's story. Yes, it is. And he, you can see how he was um, kind of holding things together quite well. All things considered he's dealing yes. with a lot and he's starting to unravel a little bit with what this house is throwing at him. Mo- more specifically the black mold and the, what we thought were rats, but what, what actually was the ghost of the previous house's owner. Did we think they were rats? Did any of us think they were rats? I don't think any of us <laughs> thought they were rats. I think we knew. We knew it was something bad. I didn't know it was a man that had bricked himself up inside of that wall and then had second thoughts and tried to claw his way out. I didn't think it was that. Yeah. But anyway, so it, the episode that this scene I'm talking about starts with Hugh at his wits end in the basement, very frustrated. He's sh- accidentally shoved his hand into a fan that has like basically nearly chopped his hand in half. He's okay, but it looks rough. Oh my god, that was horrible. And then now, and now his wife is just doing crazy shit, like waking up, like he's waking up to his wife holding a screwdriver to his throat. And, and also he's got like five children running around this house. So he's like, he's a little, and he's running out of money. Like he's just added what's in. And then Mr. Dudley's like, Hey, like maybe it's not my place, but I think the missus could do with a little time away from the house. And he's like, no, it's not your place. But no, he doesn't say it like that. It's, it's, it's worse. (laughs) He says, what does he say? You're right. It's not your place. And you're like, oh, and Mr. Dudley takes it so well. He's just he like, takes it so well. He's, he's like, I understand you're upset and I understand that I'm right. Like he, that's what that that's the subtext here, isn't it? He doesn't say that, though. He just goes into a story about his wife and his and his mom and how his and his stillborn daughter who died in the house. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And um, so he just has like a, a single frame shot monologue about how his mom didn't like the house, how he can still hear his stillborn daughter crying in the house at night. And all of this is very important for the finale. So yes. very, very important information. And he was just kind of uh, humbled a little bit by this. And so I just thought his performance was outstanding. It was remarkable. And he's, he, I realized afterwards, because at first I'd only see Bly Manor. So I was like, he was a new character to me. But now looking ahead at the next um, production that, that Mike Flanagan's coming out with, he's in that one as well. I Midnight think. Mass. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. in Midnight Mass. I'm very excited so, to see him I'm, again. I am very excited to see more of him. I think he's a great actor. I just have two more points for this episode. Theo's girlfriend uh, had zero business showing up uninvited to Nell's service. I yeah, think that I that agree. was super inappropriate. Yeah, I, I know that, it. Yeah. 
given that she had made clear what she wanted from the relationship, even if the girl, I mean, I, I, I don't love how Theo handled it, but even if, but Theo kind of offered and was frank about what she was willing to give to that. And I think that the girlfriend, while very well-intentioned was kept trying to establish something more. And that was not the time to establish that. And I, and I'm using the word girlfriend cause I don't, it feels weird calling her a booty call cause I feel bad for her, but like that's, that's a Romantic more apt interest. Uh, sure. Yeah. Not girlfriend though. And, Good night, the, girlfriend. and Theo had her knee jerk rudeness whenever she just showed up at her dead sister's service, but overall took this pretty well. And it seemed to really help her. Cause you know, you see her like sitting down and chatting and like, she's like, she's like really looks like better whenever the girl that her Mm -hmm. girlfriend is there. And I know from the finale spoilers that they work out all right because they have wedding rings on in one of the scenes Mm -hmm. and they're, and they're, so they're still together. So this worked out, but in this context, furniture. Yes. But in this context, I would be horrified. (laughs) Yeah. Also, this poor girl is really putting herself out there for Theo and Theo uh, doesn't, she really was like, that girl's it. a catch. And I'm willing to make a fool of myself to get there. <laughs> to be fair, she's playing the long game. <laughs> she is playing the long game. And then just one more point was the, the, fin- the final moment of this episode, which is when the red room is open. I got chills. Because yeah. that door has uh. been locked tight this whole season. And I wanted to know what was in it. And then the door is open. Only you kn- it's not good. It's really I bad. I, I, there's like... We're about to get to the rest of the episodes. I like, I have to catch mom's reaction to like what happens in the red room. I just have to see it. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll watch it. We'll see. We'll, we'll watch her soon. She's still in there. She's still in there. She, we've talked her in real tight. She can't see. She's not going anywhere. That those are all my main notes. Do you have any other notes you wanted to bring up for this episode? No, to me, this was this episode was very much kind of like a, a story building, kind of revving things up um, mm-hmm. and prepping them for more climactic episodes. I thought this was more of kind of a workhorse episode. I liked this episode, though. Yeah, I liked it, too. And I liked I like Hugh. I like Henry Thomas. Our dad apparently really likes Henry Thomas. And yeah, we talked to him on the phone. He wanted uh, Henry Thomas to be the older version, too, which I think is valid, but Mom made a good point today um, where she went, oh, I know why they did it. It's because you can't, because there's so much flashback, you can't have the same actor overlapping in the flashback in in present time because it gets confusing. I guess. I think they could have done some aging makeup and I think it would have been obvious. But I just like, yeah, it's not that I don't like the other guy. I forget the actor's name, but it's not that I don't like him. But I, I just, I think that... Henry Thomas is so good. He could have, it would have almost been a nice continuity. Yeah. I to get have that. him as like the face we saw in the past and in the present. It would have yeah. kind of strengthened the thread between the two. And it would have gotten rid of the blue contacts. Those blue contacts, man, they that, don't look great. That brings me to episode genre, which is blue contacts horror, <laughs> which what I'm standing by. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything else, but like, just let me hold on to this one. I'll give Fine. you. I'll give you all right, I have a backup. Um, okay. The, the backup genre is called beauty sleep. And that's because Carla Gugino is constantly wearing a full face of makeup while sleeping in this episode. She, it's called robe horror. Robe horror. <laughs> Emma pointed out her sleep wedges from an earlier episode, which I, her night, night wedges, which I had never noticed. <laughs> Mom was like, she probably hadn't unpacked anything else. And so she 
had those wedges to fall down the unfamiliar staircase. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whenever there's a scene where Nell is scared and she's like taking Nell downstairs and she's wearing a beautiful silk robe as always. Big ass wedges. Big ass wedges. (laughs) They are not minimal. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to get a bite and I'm feeling a little like, I'm feeling myself. They're like, I'm going to a dance. She looks great. I'll give her that. I mean, she does always look great. But the full face of makeup, uh, it that's that's also a thing that I feel like women definitely notice or people who wear makeup, I should say, definitely yeah. notice whenever they're watching these shows. But that's something that really bugged me about this episode. Girl, you gonna get acne. Yes, you can't do that. Good God, your skin needs you to breathe. Gotta rest your face. Gotta rest your face. Also, um, the the dad in the future um, is, or not in the future, in the present day dad is played by Timothy Hutton. That's that actor's Timothy name. Timothy Hutton. He yes. does a fantastic dad likes job. Timothy Hutton too. Yeah, he does a fantastic job. No disrespect. We love Timothy I Hutton. I know all of y'all care what that my dad likes Timothy Hutton. <laughs> They're like, okay. Just so you know. What other, what other actors does your dad like? <laughs> we well, want to know. let me tell you. <laughs> so Steve Martin loves them. <laughs> well, okay, who doesn't love Steve Martin, first of all? That's my episode genre. I have a best moment and a scariest moment. Is, is now okay. So best moment for me was mom with the screwdriver holding it to dad's neck. <laughs> that was a great. I love that. Moment. That's your best moment and not your scariest moment. Oh no, that was You're just, like that was the best. That was. <laughs> I loved it. it. Was the best. That was the best. What's your best moment? My best moment is him. Running into the bread room. The end, the, the last the end scene. Of the episode. I, yeah. I was so hooked in. Yeah, that was good. I got chills. That was good. Yeah. Now, scariest moment is Luke and Olivia and Nell at the gravesite, hands down. That, is, that scared the that shit scare out of me. You? Whenever she's like trying to grab at him and pull him into the. Ooh, that was real bad. Real bad. It was also really just heavy foreshadowing for episode 10. So stay oh, tuned yeah. for that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Heavy foreshadowing for episode 10 when she's like, come join us. Come join us. Like, we need you. What were some of the scary moments in episode 7? Uh, this was really scary. <laughs> That's That wasn't the scariest for me. That wasn't the scariest whenever he's no. at the... Because it's like broad daylight. And he, everyone's so just... quickly. No, agree to disagree. This was scary for me. Were there any other really scary moments? I don't. I don't yeah, know if I'm super um, scared this episode. For me, the the there was a whenever he's uh, takes a photo of inside the wall to because he's. I'll give it to that one. I think finding a body in there is pretty scary. That was pretty scary, and also like the the gro- the mold growth inside the wall when he takes a photo with the flash. It's a face. Yeah. I, I thought, thought that, that was, was scary. serious. I thought that was a missed ominous. I like a slow burn. That's yeah. Do I? No, you don't. You you specifically don't. <laughs> As I said, I was like, but do I? No, you really don't. Um, I also for that moment, I like really I loved Steve's reaction of just anger at Luke whenever Luke is like freaking out because he sees his dead mom and sister pulling him into the gravesite, and then Steve is just fucking angry, and he's like, just this is not about you. No, it's not even that. That's not it at all. He's like telling Luke, he's like, you need to get your shit together or you're going to be next because this is in our genes. Oh, yeah, you're right. I remember now. He's like, you need, you can't do that. Like, and, and I, he's just scared for him and what he's angry. What do you think angry. about Steve? I really like Steve as a character. Like, um, not a great husband. I think he's very interesting because he is not particularly likable, 
But I like him as a character. I really that, like him as sense. a character. Because not all characters should be just overtly charismatic and likable. Like, that's no. not necessarily the role that everyone should have. But, it, you know, at first you're kind of like, well, I don't like him. But you're like, do I not like him? No, I think he's a good character for the show. And I think he's a good person. He just has some characteristics that are not endearing. He has flaws. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think deep down he's a good person. Yeah. Like he didn't have, like, I know everyone's up angry about how he wrote that book. He didn't have to share that money with the family. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah, honestly like really nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough whenever you're, you're making people feel like they're crazy, but also benefiting from their trauma. Yeah, of course it's tough. And like, it's, it's not like a, so I don't know if I'd be like, it's really thing. nice. I think it's, a, I, th- I think it I think was nice of him alleviating to, his, his guilt. guilt. That's that's true. You know what? That's more secondary to that. Like, I do think he wants to take care of his family, but I think that's coming from a place of um, absolving himself by bringing them into it. Well, honestly, I think we should go ahead and head into episode eight, Witness Marks, because this one has a lot of Steve. Yeah, let's go. All right. So this episode eight is Witness Marks, written um, by Jeff Howard and Rebecca Klingel and directed by Mike Flanagan. Quick summary. Steve and Hugh are driving around trying to find Luke. Steve is talking about how the family issues are mental illness, and he's explaining that to his dad. He and his dad are kind of having that moment of, let's, if we're not going to talk about it on, on our way to the house, when are we going to talk about it? Let's talk about what happened. Because Steve is very adamantly in the camp that this is mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not believe in ghosts. There are not ghosts. And then he starts talking about how he got, oh, and this kills me, but, and, we'll, and I'll talk about it more in detail in my notes, but how he got a vasectomy to avoid oh, spreading man. his family's sickness on. Then back at the funeral parlor, Shirley and Theo, someone's knocking on the doors a lot and freaking Shirley out. And yeah. Shirley and Theo, oh, also it's Halloween, this episode. Ooh, spooky, Halloween. Spooky. spooky, spooky. And Shirley and Theo are having an argument about what happened with Theo and Kevin in the storage room in the Two Storms episode in episode six. Uh, the family discovers that Luke is on his way to Hill House. <laughs> Hugh explains to Stephen that Stephen has been seeing ghosts all along. He just didn't know that they were ghosts. And quite and very in 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 canon smashes the idea that this is mental illness. He's like, this is not. <laughs> like this is ghosts. Yeah. And then we get to find out that what the red room is. And I'll I'll talk about that more in episode 10. But he kind of he he hints at it or he we kind of get the first peak where he's like oh yeah that a tree house i never built you boys a tree house we 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 weren't in his note about being like why would i build you a tree house that was a temporary home we were going to live there for like a couple of months and then we're going to move it didn't have a tree house when we were there i wouldn't that's a good point there was no tree house that's a great point oh and it's creepy because it's like oh shit things were not what you thought they were steve and And he, then he kind of explains that the Cranes, the, their family, is an unfinished meal to that house. And so, and then we have Shirley and Theo driving together to Hill House. Uh, we get a, a nail makes an appearance. And then we get an explanation from Theo about what happened between Shirley and Kevin, pretty much that nothing happened. Um, but it's, yeah. it's much sadder than that, and I'll talk about it in a minute. They reconcile, and then the episode ends with Luke going into Hill House uh, trying to burn the the Hill House down unsuccessfully and then being attacked by the ghost of Poppy Hill, who was William Hill's crazy wife. And that's the end of the episode. So is Poppy Hill the original, like the OG William Hill, the guy who 
walled who himself in wa- the house. Walled himself in the house. Yep, that's that's Poppy Hill is his wife. Yikes, she is yeah. very a lot. Well, we get to meet her um, in Screaming Mimi's in episode nine. Oh my god! So what a just no. So I have a couple. I have a couple of notes um, for this episode before we move on. There was just a joke I really liked, which was um, the Annie DeFranco bumper stickers joke regarding Theo's uh, Jeep, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was really funny because it's like, "lol, she gay." <laughs> it's just really yeah. funny. Um, less funny, Stephen's vasectomy. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, I would divorce him, and I would never look back. Holy shit! Yeah, it's such a traumatic thing to put someone else through yes his wife like it's when they're at the like the doctor's hope. office also the waste of time waste of time of waste of effort and you're like the stress you're like i want to get this going i like i have a family i want to plan for i need to do this when i have the most eggs possible like just it's really stressful it's money like she's putting the, the, his it's wife lying. is putting herself through absolute hell and you're watching her and saying nothing you're saying nothing you know you had a vasectomy before you even married her it's too and you said nothing it's too much like you like that's too much watching some watching someone you love or purport to love in pain and just allowing them to be in pain Yes. And we know the motivations for this are like protecting his lineage from his familial mental health issues, at least from his perspective. But that's something you communicate definitely before you get married. Definitely. I was going to say, how many conversations did they have about kids? And he said nothing ever said nothing ever. I'm sorry. He was in like the office. uh, He was in a doctor doctor's office talking about IVF planning for IVF. he, He put himself in the situation and had plenty of opportunities to get himself out before it cost him his marriage. So. so Steve has flaws. I like him in the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, I think he's a good addition to the show. I think he's very flawed. Now we get some, we get the best jump scare of the series in this episode. <laughs> oh, which one? Are you serious? At the house? No. Are you serious? Nell in the car. Oh, I like forgot about that. Yeah, I did forget about that. You that forgot? That wasn't the scariest moment of the episode for me. I, we're going to talk about our scariest <gasps> moments. That's not mine. What? That's I screamed. <laughs> well, like I screamed. Jump scare as I am like a I, like I'm not as much of a jump scare person as I am a developed scare. I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. What do you want? You're not a slow burn. You're not a jump scare. Yeah, it's hard. That's why that's why I'm I'm still learning uh, when it comes to horror movies. My scariest moment, I'll just go ahead and tell you, was the doors um in the haunted in the funeral home. Yes, that was a good it moment. It really scared me. Like it really I think it's this building sense of dread that it puts inside of you rather than like one like oh my god. It's like this like Hits you're you waiting in your for the shoe to drop. And yes, it hits you in your stomach. And I find that very effective. So that was my scariest moment. That was good. I like that. That's a good scariest moment. Mine is definitely this jump scare. <laughs> for sure. A simple woman. A simple, simple woman I am. And just a little behind the scenes note, um, when they were filming this, they had a lot more dialogue to get through before Nell was supposed to jump from the back. But Flanagan told her to jump early. And so, actually scared yes. them. Yes. <laughs> That's really great. This is really mean, really smart, brilliant. Love it. That's really funny. <laughs> it's like jokes on you, wifey. Jokes on you. 
And then immediately after you get Theo's sobbing monologue explaining why she tried to kiss Kevin. And I thought it was really sad. And it was this really good depiction of depression, of just feeling absolute nothing. Like when she touched Nell's body um, in, in Theo's episode, in I think episode three or four, she touched Nell's body and felt nothing. Just Episode three. Yep, felt just nothing, just blackness. And we don't know what she felt until now. And she had been just suffering in that depression, in that blackness. And then the lights went out at the at Hill House and she was just floating around in darkness and nothing. And then the lights turned on and Kevin was there and she was just she felt life again and she just wanted to feel something and she was just so grateful. Like he was like a life preserver to her. It wasn't Kevin, it was just someone she cared about and there was light and that was it and that that's it and also she had been drinking a lot (laughs) but she had been drinking and that makes it make more sense uh, well this works for Shirley which I didn't think it would and Shirley kind of like accepts the apology and I don't know I didn't notice this Nick noticed my, my fiance noticed this when we were watching it but there's a there's like a mist, like a shadowy mist that's behind Theo that moves after she says that and after they forgive. Oh. It's totally now. Totally now. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's really all I have. I, I love the never built you guys a treehouse thing. There's more about that that we're oh, talking I about love in episode that. That was, 10. I love an aha moment. I love that. And I love I love an aha moment that makes sense and isn't a twist just for the sake of twists. Like it's actually very poignant for the story. And let me just tell you that, uh, mom is on like, it was on like episode three and was watching, um, baby now playing with the horse. And she went to go look for a hairbrush and then opened up the, the toy chest and found the cup of stars. Mm -hmm. But like she's mom's nothing is happening. Mom is literally just watching her brush this, like horse's hair and she's like what room is that that room that doesn't look like a real room and i'm like how do you how she, do you how uh, are you figuring so that annoying. out that is so impressive so annoying she's so good at that she'll just walk in like when it, whenever we i would be playing those nancy drew games we'd be playing our mystery games and she would just walk by and it'd be like she did it and i'm like how could you possibly and then she'd yeah, be and right she like immediately with the um the dishonesty with Cheryl's husband, she immediately was like, Oh, did they take the money? (gasps) What? Did did she know that? Yes. Immediately. Damn it. God damn it. That woman's too smart. It's so annoying. She's too good. Too good. And I'm just watching like, duh, scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm like, Oh, she has everything figured out. Uh, I liked that. I liked the gas, not lighting. I thought was really good. Also, yeah. holy shit, that was a lot of gasoline. Like you could he like did. look at yeah, it wrong and it would have lit you on fire. Yeah, that's very true. That's and al- also that's a lot of gasoline. I'm glad he did that because we're all all of us at some point in watching this show have been like, why not just burn the fucker to the ground? That's what mom will not stop saying. She's like, burn it down. Like, hold on. We're like, mom, let me and like literally by episode six, she's still like angry that they haven't burned the house down. And I'm like, mom, let me just tell. I don't want to spoil too much, but you can't. Let me just you yeah. can't do that. <laughs> That's not how it works. Not how any of this works. Yeah. Those are all my notes. Do you have any other notes before we do genre? Um, no, no other notes. Okay. Episode genre, spooky sister. What? It's spooky sister. Spooky sister? Spooky you can't just make that noise to make me. <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> it worked. It sounded like the bat from Anastasia. Spooky sister. <laughs> 
Wait, why? Because she's every spooky. episode spooky sister. Shut up. <laughs> I have to yeah, make a new you, genre. I think you called it in this time. <laughs> I have to make a new genre for every episode. I don't know what to put that on yours. Do you have a better one? I'm going to do a genre. Um, I'm going to call it. Spooky sister. Spooky sister. I already forgot what happened this episode. So I can't. Emma, we've just talked about all of it. You know, in one ear out the other, I'm making room for episode nine. All right. Well, spooky sister stands. Unless any of you club members can think of a better genre for episode eight, witness marks. Feel free to I let me know. No lying husband horror. Husband horror was my first choice, and I took it off because it just makes me so mad. I didn't even want to look at it again. Husband horror is legit. Husband horror was my first one, but also I, d- I wanted to make it clear that it's not Hugh. Hugh is a great husband. <laughs> Hugh is super. He's super A plus. We like Hugh. Now, okay. best best moment for me, that was mom punching the mirror. Oh. It was like, rough. God, poor Steve. Steve's like painting this this poor painting everything and makes making it all fancy and then yeah. literally just punches it. Yeah, that was it, that that one made me jump. Whenever she I did can, that, because it happened so abruptly. And I can see why Steve would be like, yeah, mom had mental illness, you guys. Why am I the only one that knows this? Yeah, I think it's very fair that he's like, I need all of y'all to accept that something was wrong with mom. And it very well could have been in mental illness. It Yes. In his mind, it 100% was. We got to keep cooking. We got two more episodes to go. You ready? Ready. All right. Episode nine, Screaming Mimi's. Ah. Uh. Great name. Such a good episode. Such, such a good episode. Horrifying. Directed by Mike Flanagan. Written by Meredith Averill, who also did Bent Neck Lady. So Wow, she's really in there for the heavy hitters. Yeah, she can she can she's also one of the executive producers. So she's like a huge pillar of this show. So we see you, Meredith. You go girl. Quick summary. In the past, Olivia, this is Olivia's story. Olivia finally. It's finally Olivia's story. Yeah, we've been waiting for it. Yes. We in earned the past, this. We earned this. In the past, Olivia begins having disturbing paranormal experiences in the house. That's the one sentence version. Yeah, that's I, one way to put it. She sees a vision of the corpses of adult Nell and Luke. It's horrible. She meets Poppy Hill, who is the ghost of William Hill. No, I'm sorry. The ghost of William Hill's wife. I don't know why I said it like that. Ooh, let's spice up this story. <laughs> who tells her the world outside will devour her children and she and she needs to keep them safe and really, really plants this insidious seed into Olivia's brain. And so Olivia is disoriented. She's, she's horrified. And she, Hugh pretty much decides for her, like, hey, you're, you're going to take a break. You're going to go visit your sister Janet. You're going to take a break. And Olivia is completely unhinged at this point. She's absolutely in the clutches of this house. And... She doesn't actually go. The family like says goodbye to her. She packs her suitcase, but she doesn't go. And that heads in, that transitions into the family's last night in the mansion. Mm -hmm. And so Olivia has been at a motel. She comes back. 
She's she completely. Says that she made it Janet's and she did she, not. She lies. Yeah. She's like, Janet's making margaritas. Oh, that line hurt me so much. Cause I'm like, I wish you were, I wish you were yeah. with Janet making margaritas with yeah, your sister. Get yourself a mar girl. Yeah. Like leave, but she can't cause she is absolutely hypnotized. Yeah. And so she can't, and she's completely delusional. So she Which goes back like to another the- layer of scary because initially you felt like the power of Hill House was constrained to the house. And as you're watching these episodes, you're realizing it's not because that's how Nell got yes. back. And then, but to see someone attempt to to fight against it and just be completely sucked back in, I think was very um, disheartening. It it's important though because it's like watching watching our mom watch this show. And she's so frustrated with these characters. And I and I get that very much as part whenever you watch a haunted house movie in general, and you're like, just leave the house. And I like whenever movies, or in this case shows, uh, or in this case work of arts, um, works of art, will <laughs> address that and say, it's not that simple, idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah, they would have done that already. Like this wouldn't, this house wouldn't have been here for Sometimes centuries. You need it just as like as a viewer to say, okay, like I trust exactly. you. I'll know what you're doing. This is the, it, it's done smartly. And so yeah. I think like mad shout out to the writers um, and the producers for making it known that time doesn't work quite normally. Like time is not linear in Hill House and Hill House is more than just that building. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a power. It's like a, it's like a poison a little bit. So speaking of oh God, speaking of poison. So yikes. Olivia, yikes, Olivia goes back to the house at nighttime and goes and wakes up Nell and Luke who are in their beds and baby Abigail, the imaginary friend who's not as imaginary as we thought, uh, who is sleeping over and says, okay, we're going to have a tea party in the red room. And the At red this room point, did open. you think that she was a ghost? No, I didn't think she was a ghost. You thought she was real? Well, yeah, because we, they, she's not a ghost. She's still alive in the first episode whenever they're like rushing everyone out of the house. You Why thought she was a that? ghost? Well, because she's like got a broken ankle and is like stumbling after them in the first episode. The the whole first the, the intro to the show is like I thought you were talking about the little girl. Oh, did I think Abigail was the ghost? Yes. No, I didn't think Abigail was a ghost. Was she a ghost? No. Are you serious? No, she wasn't a ghost. She was alive. Bitch, did you watch the show? I did, but it was confusing about whether like I like. At the by the time I was at the end, I was like, okay, like she must have been alive. But then they said that she was stillborn. Like it's just confusing. No, that wasn't Abigail. I'm gonna need you to walk me through this case. All right, let's just take a couple steps back. As of right now, we don't know who Abigail is. We're gonna find out soon. (laughs) But Abigail is just a little girl who lives by the woods, according to Luke. And everyone's like, that's an imaginary friend. But she turns out to be a very real little girl who just wears kind of old clothes. Um, but she's real. She's corporeal. <laughs> she has a body. She is a little girl, just like Luke, just like Nell. Okay. And so Olivia just happens upon her because, you know, they said that she he could have a slumber party with her imaginary friend. So Luke invited her over. And now Olivia takes them upstairs to the red room for tea. Oh my God. And this is an important, this is something I just want to make a big note about. Shirley saved Luke and Nell. Can we just, Shirley is a hero. Baby Shirley is a hero. Adult Shirley is a hero. She's not perfect, but she's awesome. Shirley is the one who goes and wakes up 
dad for the tea party. What does she say? Remind me what she said. I watched this over, you know, uh, over a week ago and I'm, I'm fuzzy she's on the like, details. Mom, she's like, what's mom doing? Like mom's here and she's acting. Oh, weird. yes, yes, yes. Whenever she get, because she's going down to get like a snack or something downstairs. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why is mom back? Why is mom back? And she sees the rat poison. Yeah. And she's like smart enough to know that this, that shit's been weird. Yeah. Shirley's smart. And she's like, this is fucking weird. And she goes and she wakes up her dad and like, no, no wonder Shirley feels responsible for her siblings. Like all her life. She yeah. kind of is like <laughs> she is. She's like the other parent because there's she so is. many of them and they need like eight parents for what they're going through. You need like eight yeah. eyes on every child to keep them safe. And even then that's not enough, but Shirley saved Luke and Nell. Because she woke up dad. So dad wakes up, goes upstairs, finds that Olivia has poisoned the tea. And they're all taking sips of it. Abigail's had her whole glass of tea. Well, they have, there's quite a delay. And when the other kids take their first sip of the tea. They don't take a sip of the tea. Yeah, because they're like talking about stuff. They they really kind of tease you with it. Mm-hmm. And then Abigail's the first one to take a sip of the tea and she starts choking. So I don't think any of them drank any of the tea. They didn't drink any of the tea because Hugh runs runs there, runs into the room and like shoves everything onto the floor, like yeah. breaks all the glasses and um, has to physically push Olivia back and knock her unconscious against the wall. Yeah. Which honestly, like really good dad reflexes. Like that's his wife. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want to like hurt his wife. He He worships his wife, but he's like, my wife is poisoning my children the moment of horror of all of that it's just it was great great storytelling yeah it, it really was and it's too late to save to save abigail so abigail is dead we see her dead lifeless body and that's in the and like hugh doesn't even have time to deal with that right then he's he's like i gotta fucking save my kids from my wife. And so he's just terrified, rounding up all the kids out of the house. Um, and, and you keep hearing Olivia and you hear how just delusional she is. She keeps saying that she, she keeps thinking that she's going to wake up from this horrible dream, but she's now realizing, oh shit, I poisoned a child. This Do you child think she is realizes dead. it in that moment? Yes, she does. I think she does. And I think that's what motivates her as well as Poppy Hill and the rest of the ghosts to then jump off the top of the spiral staircase. Yeah. God, that's a lot to sit with. Yeah, it is a lot to sit with. And you're going to find out in episode 10 more about Abigail. Yes, you do. So I just have a couple more points I want to talk about. I thought Luke, baby Luke, trying to get Shirley's old clothes to give to Abigail is so sweet. I thought that was extremely sweet. You don't remember that whenever he's like, he's trying to take Shirley's clothes and Shirley's like, no, you can't have my clothes. And he's like, Abigail doesn't have any clothes. She has like old oh, clothes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You have Sorry, so I'm many. i the names at this point. There's so many old fashioned white people names. So I'm starting to mix them up together. <laughs> you know who Shirley is? Yes. No, I know who Shirley is. It's Abigail. I keep like putting on different characters for some Yeah, reason, well, also, you yes. didn't even know if Abigail was a person. So I mean, it's like if you had made me take a bet, I would have said she was a person. But I also thought she could just be this like ghost who like keeps dying and still being there. So, I mean, like, why couldn't she be? I don't. You're I not that- entirely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so she's a she's a person and then she's a ghost. <laughs> yes. But like, I guess my point was like, why couldn't she have been a ghost before? And then ghost because, don't die so because she she gets poisoned and killed 
ghosts get poisoned no, and killed? No, they don't, Emma. <laughs> no. My, my point and, is And that, all like, of this is cleared up in episode 10, but should I... Okay, ep- there's no need for To be fair, alerts. I was on an airplane for this episode, so I think maybe they I got distracted at one point. I think you did. Abigail is the daughter of the Dudleys. I know that. It's not the stillborn daughter because the finale shows oh. them all together. Yes, 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 you're right. Okay, I'm there again. So Abigail is very much a little girl that got poisoned by Olivia and but killed in that house. So, that's why they were so protective of her. Yeah, because they didn't want that they shit to happen. A, they had a stillborn. Yeah, and, and also that house is fucking haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jesus Christ. So messed up. So anyway. education. What? So that kid needs an education. Yeah, she needs a lot of things. Um, so... My second note is someone needs to get mom to a neurologist. Like, Jesus Christ. I know it was the 90s, but, like, come on. Lord. Lord She's having storm headaches and, like, seeing shit. I'd be like, all right, let's go get the MRI. Yeah, let's, let's go pick <laughs> let's up that MRI. You, let's get you, like, 12 CAT scans. Yeah, she needs some sumatriptan. She needs a CT, an MRI, potentially. Yeah. She needs, she needs the workup. And more importantly, she needs to get out of that fucking house. I'm more so importantly, she needs psychiatric evaluation. Yes. Now, um, one more thing I wanted to note. I really, really appreciated the moment where Olivia like steps out of time into the future and she sees Mel at the mortuary and Luke OD'd on the ground. Mm. I just like time is not linear. It's time. No, I, that's exists. one of my favorite things about the show is I like that time is nonlinear. And they and they handle it well because because like time stuff is really difficult to do, yeah. but they they did it and I just thought that was really really awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and a moment of appreciation for costuming for the costuming department because mom's collection of nightgowns, robes, and shawls is fantastic. Yeah, even her night. Try wedges. to catch her at yeah. Try to catch her outside of a nightgown or a robe. No, she's always looking you. fierce. <laughs> <laughs> she is one hundred percent glamour all the time. Yeah, she definitely has an lewk. Ready for um, episode genre? For episode 10? No. Episode, episode genre nine. for the one we're doing right now. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, was I, trying to, I was trying to guess it. I picked... Uh, I chose Dreamy Mimi. What else goes in that bucket? Anything that involves dreams. So, like so many... I'm, like I, a, I didn't want to say The Shining because I use The Shining as an example. I know, we do. But like, but like it, he, she very much gives the vibes of um, the bartender in The Shining. Yes. It's very dreamy Mimi. Yeah. Okay, fine. I, I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm appearing in front of like a judge a court, and a jury. Yeah. Yes. Every time. <laughs> um, best moment for me was the twins creepy dream speech. When? When did they have a creepy dream speech? Okay, so I can tell that you watched all of these episodes back to back. Um, yes, I'm definitely yeah. like mushing them together. Okay, so. Well, I got really into it. Mom's going to have the same problem. She's binging like eight episodes today. Well, she can do that. She doesn't have to do episodes. I had to hold back and wait and it was awful. No, I like it got me through um, all my travels because I, I like was like very, very focused on what was happening on my little iPhone. That's fair. I'm not going to be too mad about that. But yes. the creepy dream speech is whenever um, Olivia thinks she's talking to her kids in their bed at nighttime. And it, the kids are like, will you protect us, mommy? Even whenever no. my, I'm, I'm on a cold table and my mouth, my mouth is wired shut. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was a lot. 
Yeah, it was a whole monologue. That, so that speech was part of the original teaser trailer for this show way back in like 2018. And, I, and it just popped up on Netflix. And I was like, huh. And I watched that speech. <laughs> like the whole trailer was just that speech. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And I instantly started watching it. I didn't waste a second. That's ugh. best decision I've ever made. So you say that's your scariest or your best? Best. Best. Because you can go either way. <laughs> My scariest moment is when Mrs. Dudley uh, puts the paint cans on the sofa. Excuse me, ma'am? So Mrs. Dudley is like walking through the house because she's carrying paint to give to Steve oh, so that he can... puts on the sofa. And she sets it down on the sofa and I'm like... Ugh. Oh my God. I think the scariest one... So I loved, like, probably my favorite, one of my favorite scenes of the entire series is just the climactic red room scene. I was just, like, glued to the to the TV. Um, I think that the scariest is when they, you first see the rat poison in the kitchen. Yes. That, that. Because that, like, that, that sets that's up a gut everything punch. for you. It's a gut punch. And, like, you know things are going to go really poorly. Um, and you can't get past it because you. This is a flashback, and you already know what happens. I li- I really liked. I didn't know at first if I was gonna like Poppy as a an added character because she's right. such a such a character. But yes. I actually really liked her, and I thought she did a good job of getting us from unstable, tenuous mental health mom to batshit mom. That's right. Perfect. I really, I, I felt the same. I was like, cause Poppy is so over the top, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's acted really well. I think it's written really well. She like talks and the, talks in these really old starlit monologues that just draw along, but they're so creepy. And then she, and then her voice just keeps going and, but she's saying really creepy stuff. And I am yeah. in, I'm here for it. Nick yeah. didn't like her. Nick was like, ugh, she's too much. I don't like that girl. Who's that? I'm like, that's Poppy Hill. God damn it. <laughs> you have she some, owns this place she owns this place <laughs> she's the reason for all of this yeah so I, I i like poppy hill i'm really glad that you did too yeah i i did i thought and i like that you kind of see her even before this episode you see her and like when the dancing scene um when nell's dancing when she's hallucinating in episode five or four um i think that's that episode you always five. she kind of catches your eye, so you wonder who she is. So getting that reveal was really satisfying. Yeah, it, you know that William Hill is the the bowler hat man, right? It makes sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just I had never really like thought through like who's the little kid that's in a wheelchair. No idea. You know that's kind of how I felt about all of it. Like it's like I don't have to know the backstory of all of them. It's kind of cool to know it. Like I'm glad you told me that, but like it, I can I was able to enjoy it just knowing that there were tortured souls in the um in hill house that's fine yeah i'm very much a, i'm gonna like research the crap out of something so like i researched every little ghost <laughs> i made sure i had seen every hidden ghost <laughs> is there any backstory to the wheelchair guy i don't remember there probably someone's was. child because they talk about um when olivia is envisioning one of the rooms she talks about like it used to be like whenever they first find the bowler hat and the buttons and all that, she talks about the room and how it used to be situated. And, and she talks about the books. There are being children's books on the lower shelves so that the, the child in the wheelchair could get to it. Like she's talking about that in like episode two. 
But I never know whose right. child it is. I like maybe it's the Hills kid. M- maybe I can't remember, and I, I'm sure Poppy explained it in her speech. I know that um, the old woman and Poppy like hate each other and drive each other further in, into insanity. Yes. I think that's sense. William Hill's mom. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think so. I think so too. But that's that's all I know. I don't I don't really remember who the kid in the wheelchair was. I'm all right, let's stay say. on track. All right, so episode ten. The finale, Silence Lay Steadily, directed by Mike Flanagan, written by Mike Flanagan. Yeah, he's like, okay, guys, this one's mine, though. This one's mine. I'm glad that y'all got to help. But like, <laughs> y'all did a really good job, but like, I'll I, want, I want this one. <laughs> I want yeah. this. All right, here's the summary. And this is the broad summary. So Emma, feel free to pipe in if you have anything you want to say. Deal. Stephen and Hugh find Luke unconscious in the red room. Stephen, Stephen, Theo, and Shirley all are locked inside with Luke, and they're all having back-to-back nightmares about their own life as the house is sucking the life force out of them. Each character has a vision. I'm not going to go into every character's vision because that would take too much time, but... I love them all. And my favorite vision is Steve's vision. It's the first one. Steve with his wife. That was going to be fine. Was it really good? Okay, good. Yes. I think it was the no, best I one. I told dad about it. You told dad about it? You're not going to yeah, let him watch it? I, no, dad, dad's watched it. But I said that I told dad that that was one of my favorite moments. And I was excited for mom to see it. Oh, gosh. With, with whenever. Because it's weird. It's like. It's the intro to the show. So you're like, oh shit, are we is so Steve makes it out? Yeah, is this and an he, epilogue? He, oh damn. He yeah, I thought it was an epilogue. And I was like, okay, he's with his wife, they're having a baby. This doesn't make sense. And then Steve is like, wait, this doesn't make sense. And then everything just takes an immediate dark nose dive. Um, I loved that. I loved everyone's vision. But the she, house is basically I love the way that because that actress had been like a supporting actress and you know mm-hmm. not particularly memorable just because her character is not meant to be yeah. um, like she's not meant to be like a powerhouse like acting mm-hmm. debut um, but whenever she does the when she starts talking about him first she's so pleasant this is my favorite kind of horror when it takes a like a a turn and some you like gut punch horror I do like gut punch horror. Um, and I love that she, like whenever she starts calling him an eater and it goes from her being sweet and supportive and this like nurturing, um, la-di-da wife. And then she just starts like ripping into him and like just the things she's saying are evil. Yeah. Evil. That's the right word. She just becomes evil and it's really scary. Yeah. Cause you thought you were safe in the scene. <laughs> what was you didn't your, think you're at Hill House. What was your least favorite story? Um, I don't think I had a least favorite. I think I liked all of them. I didn't love Theo's. I mean, I don't really, I don't really care about her girlfriend. Like yeah, the whole show, like, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like fell a little unearned. So I was just kind of like, like, I think something with one of the kids could have been more impactful to me, like as a story, like the girlfriend, like I don't really care about just because like we've not really given an opportunity to uh, opportunity to, she's always dismissed her. So why should I think, you know, so why should I be giving her more attention? Um, and so her story just didn't like resonate with me the way like the others did. No, it didn't. I I think it's very much like an internal monologue thing for Theo because Theo does obviously care very much about this person and just keeps pushing her away. 
Like they get they get married. So obviously like she does really like this girl. Yeah, but she's I, what just, I will say is like I I don't feel like they do I don't think it's their strength in showing that this that Theo actually cares. No, I don't think so either. But I d- I didn't not like it. I still liked mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I agree. It wasn't as it was nowhere near as good as Steve and his wife. Also, yeah. um I cannot remember her name and I feel bad. The actress who plays I don't remember her name. Steve's wife is in Midnight Mass. So, oh really? The reason, yes. That's I cannot wait. Speaking of Midnight Mass, did you know that Bryce and David at Horror Movie Talk are actually going to be covering Midnight Mass on their after show? Ooh, I actually did because I just talked to Bryce about it. And he um, actually sent me a little audio clip. So I'll actually play that right now so you guys can hear about it, hear more about it. From Mike Flanagan, Midnight Mass tells the tale of a small, isolated island community whose existing divisions are amplified by the return of a disgraced young man and the arrival of a charismatic priest. Coming September 24th, Horror Movie Talk presents the Midnight Mass After Show. We'll break down each episode of this seven-part series with a companion After Show episode. So subscribe to Horror Movie Talk on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform today. Oh, that sounds so cool. I'm really excited about that. Anyway, back to Hill House. They all now realize that they are in the Red Room. They, They wake up and Luke is dying. He has a needle in his arm and he's completely overdosed. Which is like also related to his his sort of nightmare that he had. Yes, which was messed up. It involved yeah, Joey. Him getting, I didn't need it, her back. It involved him getting shooting up even though he did not try to shoot up. Like he That's was horrifying. He was behaving and like do, really doing his best and trying to be clean and then oh, you've already you've already been shot up. And then like in real life he's been shot up with I think more of the rat poison, right? I would think it was rat poison, yeah. That's so messed up. Oh, God, that's so messed up. And then Nell's ghost appears, which is fantastic. And she explains that the red room is a stomach and that the house can disguise itself as different rooms to kind of placate whoever's in there while it, quote unquote, digests them. And so you find out that throughout all of the episodes previously, the, the the room was different for every person and it makes sense and, and it, it gives this show a lot of um rewatchability so you find out that steve's steve's room was the game room that was the red room shirley's family room that was the red room theo's dance studio that was the red room luke's clubhouse nell's toy room and then mom's reading room and hugh doesn't have a room yeah, that's interesting. How come he never gets affected by all of this? I don't know. Do you not know? Or you I don't know. No, no. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know either. But I, I was thinking about what the room would appear like for me in order to... Because I feel like it picked things and it would keep them there for a while and keep them like they feel comfortable and placated. I think a movie theater would be what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Just me alone watching movies. Yeah, I could see that. I, could, oh, I would stay there for a long ass time. <laughs> Mine would be like a deck. A deck. But I don't know how you would do that without having that window in the room. <laughs> Maybe the yeah, backdrop the of window. the deck would be like looking in, like the it would have that skinny tall window. So like like, like the, a like a sunroom. Yeah. It'd be like that. Yeah. It'd have lots okay. of books and stuff like that. And like a rusting chair. Yeah. That, that would keep you there for a while. That would eat you. For sure. So now we get to meet Ghost Nell. And Ghost Nell is not... She's like in this world, but not in this world all the way. 
Um, she sees them, but she doesn't see them. And all the siblings are kind of apologizing to her for not saving her. And she's extremely sweet. It's an extremely sweet scene. And she's explaining that, no, like we all, we all loved each other. We all had all these moments. Life is just all these beautiful moments that fall around us like rain. And again, everything's like nonlinear for her, you know, but the rest is confetti. That's the thing that like, it's hard when I'm recapping this because I didn't write down those beautiful quotes, but like, those are the things that make this show so um, touching. And it's not just like the jump scares or the, you know, the the storyline. It's really like the way that they're able to, the writing is really good and they're able to capture these very subtle emotions so effectively. Yes. And that like literally mom, mom's watching, mom was just watching the two storms episode, which if you've been listening, you know, that is my favorite episode. I love that episode. It's so good. And I'm just like, I'm getting stuff done. We're preparing for our podcast and getting mom settled to watch the show, but it's the end scene and it's that it's really sad. And it's Nell being like, I was right here and none of you see me. I was jumping and screaming and none of you guys saw me. And then it's the ghost of Nell, the bent neck lady. And it's just, and I, I was crying. I couldn't help myself. And I knew I've, this is like my third time seeing it. And I'm just like walking by <laughs> and it yeah. just, it hits me. It just hits my heart. The, the rest is confetti. And I think it, I think it really ties in the whole point of this show, which is this show. Yeah. It's about ghosts. It's about scary stuff, but it's about family and it's about love and the rest is confetti and it's just beautiful. And it's ultimately her love for her siblings that gets them out of the red room and that is it like wakes them up. And I hate to use the term wake up because Olivia uses that term very differently, but she's able to wake them up. And Hugh, Hugh's love, because we got Timothy Hutton, Hugh, old dad, Hugh, who sees Olivia and is begging her to open the door. And he's like, your babies are in there dying. Like, please open the door. And she can't, she's just so, she thinks that that's what she has to do to protect them. Yeah. And she, she, he's able to make a, a promise and, um, or sacrifice, find out one might say a what a sacrifice. Uh, yeah. And, um, Basically, he's able to rescue the kids from the from the red room. Olivia lets them go from the red room, and in in his place, he over he purposefully overdoses on his heart medications and dies. And we don't know that right away. Like we see him what, what, like one last time, like loading up all the kids in the car, and um, it's not him though; it's his ghost, which is really touching and really sad. Yeah. But it also makes me happy a little bit because Nell's not alone. Yeah. It's not just Nell and her mom. Like, she has her dad, and it shows them all together in the red room. Like, and they kind of, like, hold each other, and then the room closes. It's really touching. It's really, really touching. And that's honestly, that's the show. Like, we get, like, a little epilogue. All the siblings have kind of, like, bonded back together. Luke's sober. Everyone has their partners. Everyone's kind of happy. We get that really touching moment where, um, the Dudleys, Mr. Dudley is holding Mrs. Dudley and like running through the woods and they're old and Mrs. Dudley's dying, like actively dying. And he gets her to the house oh, and that lays her down. Really emotional. It was oh, very yeah. surprising. I wasn't expecting anything more from them. So it was uh, surprising and touching. 
I was glad we got them back because it, you know, they, they that was their whole agreement. Like they, they find Abigail in, in the nineties. They, they're, cause they're looking for her. She's not in her bed and they find her dead in that house and they know what happened. They know to what be happened. Honest, they took pretty well. They, well, like, because they take it well because immediately they get her ghost. And so she's not dead. So it's like, okay. And they know, they know I mean, that it wasn't Olivia's a, fault. A, a it's still a very large loss. Like it's that a, it's a person huge doesn't loss. get to have a life. It's a huge loss, but like, at least they have her. And like, that's why whenever he's like, I'm going to get rid of this house, I'm going to burn it to the ground. He was like, even before he, we don't know that you can't do that yet. But even before that, he is not going to do it because the Dudleys beg him not to, because that's the, that's where her daughter, their daughter is. I think that's a great reveal because right now mom's like, burn it down, burn it down. I think it's like, it's good that they have payoff for that. I know. And I'm like, mom, no, just no, (laughs) be patient. (laughs) Yeah. Be patient. doesn't work like that. Just trust me. But I think it's a huge testament to Hugh that Hugh doesn't burn the house down. Because, God, that would be really hard not to do, you know? Hugh's an A-plus human. Can we he's, just say that? Oh, my God. He's so good. He's such a good person. He he has dealt the shittiest hand of anyone in the show, um, including Olivia, honestly. He's just dealt the shittiest hand. Yeah. Like, the newspaper, the tabloids are attacking him. He loses kids custody of him. his kids. He lost custody of his kids. Like, yeah. oh, my God, how awful. And it's just terrible, but he gets to be back with his wife, which is, he's been talking to his wife all these years and he gets to be back with her. And, and that, and that was a choice for him. I hope she gets better because like the person that he's choosing to stay with isn't fully his wife at the moment. I think it'll be easier for her to get better if she's with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she's been locked in there with Poppy Hill. You know what I mean? Jesus just lying into her ear just poisoning her yeah so i'm hoping that like you know he can be kind of like the antidote for that i really think he can he's strong so yeah but but we no, we forgot i didn't get to the point of the dudleys which is he mr dudley lays her down in the house and then she dies in the house it's very important it's in the house and then immediately we have ghost of mrs dudley younger and brighter and she's got abigail next to her and also is holding their their stillborn baby yes now i remember this yes so they're all together yeah which is like kind of beautiful does he is it okay that he's still alive well he's absolutely gonna die in that house you know what i mean like yeah there's no way he's not gonna die in that house he died in his sleep you think he's not leaving that house yeah i guess you're right he's gonna start living there yeah, that's that's his family's there. Yeah. Do you think they started living there after the, Abigail died there? Um, no. Before they were very against living there. No, I don't think they did because he was racing her through the woods to get her there. I think that that house is still really awful, um, and I think that it would have poisoned both of them. And I think they know that. <laughs> I know they know that because they said that <laughs> he had a whole monologue. Yeah. So they don't spend too much time in that house, but they do visit her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch and they didn't really have to cover the the Dudleys, but they did. And I'm glad they did. And I I do. So my best moment for this show or this episode is absolutely Nell. Anything that Nell says, the rest is confetti was gorgeous. Yeah, go ahead with your scariest. Well, the scariest moment was just the cheesy ass song they played over the ending monologue. What song was it? Oh, it was just a garbage song. I just, I thought the ending <laughs> monologue was really beautiful. It didn't stop me from freaking weeping openly at the Dudleys, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was just a cheesy, it was just cheesy song. Mm. 
And this 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 show gets a lot of criticism because a lot of people didn't like the ending. So it's important to note that the original ending that Mike Flanagan had planned, I don't quite know all all the details, but I know that they die in that house. I know that no one gets out. I do, there's no happy sweet ending that I we like get a happy now. Ending I do too. And and here's the Especially thing. Especially with everything so fucking dark, like give me uh, a happy ending. I couldn't ending. have handled it. Yes, I don't need and everyone to OD and kill themselves. Like that's I just wouldn't not have what let, I need. I wouldn't have let mom watch it if yeah, that's I wouldn't how have it ended. I already told her it has a happy ending cuz mom needed needed that. Yeah, no. We and and Mike Flanagan kind of had like a a coming to terms moment where I think he was like in bed at night and they were like planning this, you know, what the, what the ending was going to be. They had already like done the sets and stuff like that. And he's like, I can't do that. He just couldn't. Cause he, he's, he's like fallen in love with this family mm-hmm. and these characters. He's like, I can't do that to them. That's not fair. Like good for him. I know. Good for him. Like good for him. He I'll just seems like it. a good person. It's like signs. Like a lot of people didn't like the way signs ended. I did. So damn it. I I'm, love the I'm way down Let, with it. we got to cover signs soon. I don't care what you guys say. I don't care what the club says. I Honestly, know no one else likes it. It would be fun to cover either that one or the village just to get people like I want to know why people don't like it. I want to know like I want to advocate for it and see what everyone else has to say. Yeah. Come fight me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of brings us to the end of it, right? Like that's it. That's it. Except yeah. for the award ceremony. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, Kate, give it to us. It's time for the awards. All right, I got one, two, three, four, five, six awards. I got Best Hidden Ghost. That is episode seven, Eulogy. It's the hidden ghost behind Hugh in the basement. I bet you missed that one. Oh, I sure did. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me email it to you real fast. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Oh, who was that? You didn't see her, did you? Who is it? I don't know, man. She's got some modern, you know, silver long locks. She's, She's terrifying. She's, She's terrifying. Wow. She's, it's her whole face. That's like that and you thing miss where, it. where the people are playing basketball. You're supposed to be counting the people playing basketball. And then the gorilla walks in the, the middle gorilla. of them. <laughs> yes. this, this is a whole bunch of that. That That is very much the vibe of Hill House is the gorilla, the gorilla is playing bass basketball. Well put, Nima. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. So my next award, second award, is favorite crane. Oh, wow. that award I graciously pass over to Nell. I think she wins favorite crane. Oh man, I think that. Oh, that's so hard. I I've come to the. I love her. She is the purest one. She is an interesting character. Her backstory is so tragic, but beautiful. I love her full circle story. I yeah. love her interactions with her family, both in life and in death. I love her. Yeah, we've talked about this off mic, but I relate to her the most. Um, yeah. Because our family always likes watching a show and, and assigning who's who. Um, and you, you, you've absolutely, in my mind, you've been assigned Nell. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'll, I'll say Nell too. Who am I? You are a mix between Theo and Cheryl. Oh God! <laughs> you have like the um, the nurturing side of Cheryl, but the but you're not as tightly wound as Cheryl, um, and you have more of a fluidity like um, like Theo. I think like you're more oh. like artistic and like passionate in, in the ways that Theo is. Oh, good answer. You've really thought about that. Yeah. Okay. So we got all three Crane sisters right here. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Okay, number three is favorite not hidden ghost. That oh, you is know mine. 
Oh, it's the bowler hat man. Yeah, it so is. I really oh, like it. Oh, it's terrifying. It's got like the Buffy hush vibes. Um, and I love that he's levitating. I love the scene from episode four, I believe, where he is tracking with Luke as Luke walks. His back is yes. levitating towards him. I just, I really liked it. I like that he actually looked underneath the um, bed whenever he was like, Oh my god! Go, coming You're back like, to re- he's to not going to do it. His bowler hat, like I just, I really like him as a as a ghost. He's a he's a solid ghost, and he has a solid backstory. I think I might include his backstory more on like um like Instagram or Facebook or something. He's got a really mm-hmm. good backstory, so I'll include that elsewhere. But he wins favorite not hidden ghost. Yeah. Um, award number four, best adult child casting for me. That is Shirley. I like that pair very, very, very much um, because I think they have the same energy. They have the same resemblance. Like they physically look a lot like each other, but they also like have the same line delivery. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really, really good casting. You know, I love every single, I think the casting of the show is like gets an A plus, 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 plus. I don't think that there's anyone on the show I would have recast or I could nitpick about except for one other person that I might mention later. But Shirley, for me, is absolute best adult child casting. Well, this is no fun because I would have also said Shirley. But what I will say is, like, I would not say Nell because I don't, I don't, like, Nell's child actor Mm-mm. does to me doesn't connect with older Nell. Like, she doesn't Mm-mm. have any of, like, the quiet. She seems like a basic child. She's too young, I think, yeah. to kind of capture those nuances. Yeah, I don't think the kid's able to. What I will say is I think Luke's child actor, Kid Luke, does a great job. Um. I actually yeah. really like him as an actor. And then Steve is also, Steve doesn't connect because Steve's as a child is so damn likable. And as an adult mm-hmm. is very unlikable. You can see how it, I like, I buy how he got to the stage he is, but nevertheless, it's a question. If the question is which one's most consistent, it would not be him. So I have it's to say Shirley. Agreed. Yeah. Best episode. It's for me. It's episode six, two storms, just hands down. It's not even an argument. But I know that I you like might episode, feel differently. Do you know which one I'm going to say? No, I don't. I think episode nine. Screaming memes. Yeah, I like when it the way it's wow. all coming together. Okay, interesting. Uh, I have one more award. Okay. The last and the best award. Worst character. Worst actor or worst character. Worst character. Don't it's Joey, anything. guys. Who the fuck? Who's it's Joey? Joey? It's Joey. It is Luke's fake love interest, oh, Joey. Jesus. Yeah. Who, every no. time she's on the scene, on the screen, I am just fuming. I hate her. Yeah. She I, is the worst really, part of the show. She seemed underwritten. Underwritten, underdeveloped, not very well acted, I must say. Like, I don't even like, and normally I like try to be protective of the actors. I'm like, well, like maybe, no. Like, I just no, didn't I like her. Like her best acting was... Um, in the dream sequence in the last episode, but overall, she, I, w- I agree with you. I didn't know. F- very flat character. I would have rather. I would have taken a different dynamic. I would have like the random kiss didn't make sense. Like I just know. Oh God, yeah, just know, just know. And now it's time to rate and rank this show. Emma, one out of ten. What you're gonna give um, the whole show? I'm gonna give it nine out of ten buttons. Oh, that's good. That's quite good. It is quite good. It's my, I will say that it's my favorite haunted house story I've ever heard. 
or watched. Oh, good. Okay. That's, that's a lot because you do yeah. not like those. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this one gets 10 out of 10 screaming memes from me. I was, I was going to be my other one, but I was like, that's too obvious. She's going to get it. I knew <laughs> you were going to do it. So I did the button. Screaming memes for sure. And now we get to rank it on our scoreboard. Emma, yeah, do you have our scoreboard? More, yeah, I do have our scoreboard up. So I'm just going to start from the top because I know this is going to be at like a high one. This is a top 10 minimum. I agree. So I'm going to start with top 10 and kind of work okay. my way up. Okay. So number 10, The Conjuring. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, it goes above I don't it. even make, like, I like The Conjuring. I don't, no disrespect. It's just like, this is obviously better. So keep going. This goes above The Quiet Place. Yes. It follows. It definitely goes above. Yeah. Um, Psycho. Yeah. The Cabin in the Woods. Are you going up? I'm, I'm counting down to number one. Okay. So let me just do this again. Number 10, The Conjuring. Uh-huh. Number nine, A Quiet Place. Uh-huh. Number eight, It Follows. Uh-huh. Number seven, Psycho. Keep going. Number six, The Cabin in the Woods. Keep going. Number five, American Werewolf in London. Number four, uh, American Psycho. Ooh, okay. Number three, Jennifer's Body. Oh. Two, Ready or Not. Oh. Number one, The Thing. Oh, God damn it. It got tough there, didn't it? It got okay. really tough. I, I don't even agree with all of these rankings, which we never do because it's always a bastardization. Okay. But What's number five? Five is American Werewolf in London. Oh, Jesus. That is a very special movie for me. What's number four? American Psycho. Okay. All right. Where would you put it? It is absolutely top five. Um, I would put it... Do we think it's better than American Psycho? I would be hard pressed to say that. I'd be okay putting it the new number five. But I have it, that being said, I've not seen American Werewolf in London, so it's really not fair of me. So it comes down to me. It does. Honestly, I would have put it ahead of Ready or Not, but I really did like Ready or Not, and I'm not going to put it number two. Or would I? I don't. Shit. I don't know, man. Like, damn. Do you think I, it's better than. This has to me the re- so what I'm judging this on is one it made me like a haunted house which is a lot for me like I, I like this uh-huh. way more than I thought I was going to uh-huh. two um, it's very rewatchable like this is going to become part of my October watch series slash uh-huh. September for being honest uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and maybe November but definitely October um, so it has watch rewatchability like it's well acted it's well directed it's original like. It just has a lot of things going for it for me. It genuinely scared me. Mm-hmm. So it's just got a lot going for me. I really, really enjoy a good, a well-done family dynamic because I feel like a lot of horror movies try to do it unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. I have yet to find a better cast movie or show. Strong praise. I, the Two Storms episode absolutely blows me away. Sounds like for you, it's going to go. I never hear you talk about like, oh, I love Jennifer's body. It sounds like it should go above that. No, it's I fucking love Jennifer's body. I just don't talk about it to you because you don't get it because you haven't seen it. You don't get it. Well, you don't get it. You don't get it. I can't. This is Jennifer's body is sacred. Like, I don't. Okay. I don't even know how after that. Shit. Okay. um, Okay, We got to make a decision. All right. What's one. All right. Where's Jennifer's body? Three. This is number four i am okay this is number it. three this is number three. Oh. this is number three this is number three. Oh. well then 
And I love Jennifer's body. And American I Psycho. Y'all love know, it. Y'all know we love it. Y'all American know how Psycho. we feel about American Psycho. You I think know how I feel about American that I'm Werewolf. I putting it above American Psycho is to me, it has just so many things. And it's it just got like too many such things. such classic horror. I could argue for it for, from any perspective, and it's such classic horror um, that I just got to give it to it. Like, I, I can't give American Psycho more points just because of how particular it is, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. I think this is number three. All right, we did it. We did it. Wow. I bet you didn't think this was going to be number three, did you? No. <laughs> I can't wait. I think we're going to have an opinionated uh, uh, meeting next time because I want to hear all what all of our club members have to say about it. Like, yeah. let us know if you like totally disagree. Let us know if you're like behind it. I want to know. Yeah, we, we really do want to know. Please drop us a line at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. We have so many behind the scenes a Hill House photos we are going to be doling out. So please come check us out and give us some love. And next episode, if you tune in, we will be covering ghosts with our mom and the question of, are ghosts real? And mom says she has done, she has five pages of research. So I think she has something coming <laughs> for us. I think that we're about to get fed. I think we're going to get some good info. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to get fed. And if y'all think I'm opinionated, wait until you meet Gina. Oh, yeah. I think it'll explain <laughs> us really well. So. I think so too. If you were curious about how we got like this. You're about to this find This is how. Well, right, thank guys. you guys so much for uh, tuning in, for listening to us, for letting us do three whole episodes on Hill House. I know that that was a lot, especially if you were not familiar with the show. Thank you for letting us invest all of this time and energy and club time into Hill House. I, I really enjoyed it. I had a real, I had probably some of the most fun I've done doing this podcast yeah. covering Hill House. So thank you guys so, so much. Yeah, thank you guys. We are um, are very appreciative that you trust us with um, dedicating so many episodes to this. And we'll get back to some classic movies for spoopy season. Oh, yes. And as always, stay spoopy. Stay spoopy, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.